Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The Hot Talk Podcast is brought to you by Heinemann Services. Heinemann Services is a family-owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer service will restore your confidence in handymen. They offer interior and exterior projects for your home or business, including repairs, installations, small remodels, landscaping, decks, fencing, and much more. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you could still be in on the action at betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. With us on the line is the voice of the Arkansas Razorbacks. Chuck Barrett. A former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, highly questionable. Also a two-time Dan Levitard Show Suey winner and the <laughs> former heptathlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. Mr. Phil Elson, the voice of Razorback Baseball and the Ladybacks. Okay. All right. I'm gonna use the I'm gonna use the force on this one. Three, two, one. Yo, what is going on, Arkansas Razorback fans, SEC fans everywhere? Welcome to the Friday episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. I am the host on the Friday show, Ty Hudson. I'm going to Han Solo this bad boy. It's going to be just you and I. It's going to be rather intimate. Looking forward to it. I hope you are too. We, uh, we're giving away some sweet merch over on the Hog Talk Podcast Facebook page. You don't have to do this to be entered. But we'd really appreciate if you guys would like, share everything you can do across all of social media with the Hog Talk podcast. But uh, to enter in on on getting some some sweet sweet Hog Talk podcast merch, all you got to do is predict the score in the amount of total yards you believe our defense will hold Ole Miss to. We're gonna keep doing this all the way through kickoff. And again, you do this on our Facebook page. So go over there. If for whatever reason you don't already, go follow us. Again, you don't have to do that to be a part of this. But we'd like it if you'd follow us and share that post. That'd be great. But again, that's all you got to do. You just got to predict the score and the amount of total yards. You believe the Razorback defense will hold Ole Miss's offense offense to. So again, you're going to win some HTP merch if you get it right. Pretty cool. It's a pretty neat little shirt. You can go check it out. Also, stick around for the second segment, which should be the final segment. Our own Kyle Sutherland will be interviewing Jordan Dollinger from the Believe in Everything Ole Miss pod. That'll be coming up next. So, also, here's the updates. Let's just knock this out. There's there's a lot. There's a lot going on here. 
Uh, network changes once again coming for Arkansas. Ole Miss at Arkansas. It's gonna they're gonna change channels. The game will the game's gonna be on uh, on ESPN. No, excuse me, SEC Network instead of ESPN two at two thirty. So be prepared for that. Again, that's tomorrow. By the time you by the time you're listening to this, I'm recording it on Thursday at five after five p.m. But yeah, how about that? Again, back to back weeks. Arkansas's turning some heads, y'all. How about that? Arkansas starting center Ricky Stromberg makes the Remington Trophy watch list this week. The award is given to the nation's top center at the end of the year. Who's surprised that he's made this list? Not me. Kid has future NFL prospect written all over him. He has started at center all three games this year. Last year he played 11 games at the guard position. How about some Razorback baseball recruiting news? This is big time. Maumelle High School uh, 2024 right-handed pitcher Tag Andrews has committed to the Razorbacks. Andrews is currently, he's already ranked, even though he's 2024. Andrews is currently ranked, and I believe this is according to Perfect Game, as the 40th ranked right-handed pitcher in his class, second overall in Arkansas. Out of Florida, Arkansas gets another commitment. 2023 third baseman Aiden Miller, six foot two, 200 pounds, commits to Arkansas. Miller is the second ranked third base, third baseman and third player overall in the uh, 2023 class, according to Perfect Game. Uh, will he make it onto campus? That's the question a lot of fans have already had about this commitment. Who knows? Who knows? Heck of a third baseman, though. Again, 6'2, 200 pounds, Aiden Miller out of Florida. Uh, excuse me, I just dropped my my uh, heavy pen that I use to jot notes down with. Arkansas basketball news. How about this? Arkansas lands Little Rock forward transfer Kamani Johnson, six foot seven, two hundred fifteen pounds, becoming their fourth transfer for the offseason. Johnson chose the Hogs over DePaul and St. John's. He averaged eleven points, but close to seven rebounds per game, two point two assists, starting in twenty five games. For the Trojans last season. Let's move on over to football. I know this is what we're all here for. Rakeem Boyd took to Twitter. I guess before he said anything to Sam Pittman. And he says quote. I'm back. Or he's back. He's back. How about that? That's what he says on Twitter. Uh, also looks like. And this is coming from Sam Pittman. Hudson Henry could be available on Saturday. Hudson Henry missed last week. Against Auburn, he took a shot against Mississippi State. I think he had, what, like four catches and a touchdown in that bad boy. It's going to be nice to get him back. And we've seen a lot of Kern. We haven't seen Sutherland come out. That's, you know, he, he kind of, you know, Sutherland wasn't the big four-star prospect at tight end. that Arkansas seems to be pretty good at getting. Or You know, it seems like they're, they're always in on these big-time tight ends or these kids that are ranked really high. And Sutherland wasn't that, but he 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 turned some heads, and uh, you know he's he's I don't know that he was ever projected to start or to or to make the make the two deep, but Sutherland was someone that if Hudson Henry didn't step up, I was kind of curious coming into the season if we if he would find his way onto the field. Who would have thought Kern would come out and end up being pretty good at the position? We know uh, Toll has been moved back and forth at the position, so it's going to be nice to get. To get some depth back, and I do think Hudson Henry is your future at the position for now, if he can stay healthy. Also looks like both Traylon Burks and Mo Brown have participated 
in practice this week, pushing their status from questionable, I would argue that Mo Brown was probably doubtful coming into this week, to now probable. So not only are you going to get Rakeem Boyd back on offense, you're going to get, sounds like, Traylon Burks. And on defense, you're going to get Mo Brown. This is a big one. That's a good one. That's good. you got to get Mo Brown back. Uh, nothing against nothing against Clark who played, but Mo Brown is I, I think he is all conference caliber. I think that's what he is. I think he's uh who knows? Who knows where he goes after Arkansas, but I, I wouldn't shock me to see him get the opportunity at the next level. Okay, Arkansas will miss. I know this is what everyone's here for. And uh Arkansas well, it's it's odd. You're you're not favored to win according to uh, to the to the money or to the uh, spread. Ole Miss is favored at two and a half points, but Arkansas's favored according to ESPN's Football Power Index at fifty seven point four percent. That's what's that's a little confusing. Arkansas is going to have to deal with a very 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 good offense. Year one, Lane Kiffin has that offense rocking and rolling. There's no doubt about that. The Rebels. Are going to visit Arkansas in Fayetteville this Saturday, coming off a 63-48 loss to the number 2-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. Lane Kiffin has had some COVID concerns. I think that's their first. Here's some things that he told the media this week. He says it's very difficult, and this is talking about injuries, not COVID. It's very difficult moving people around. Kiffin said we're we're beat up uh, from a very high play count. Intense game against a great team on Saturday. So we're not in a great situation numbers-wise at all. And so there were some players that tested positive for COVID. And this is the first time this month, well, since the start of uh, of the season, that, Ole Miss, that the Ole Miss football team is dealing with a COVID-19 outbreak. Obviously, they're being a little candid on how many players. But um, according to the school-wide Ole Miss COVID-19 dashboard, which was – which was updated, I think, yesterday morning or Wednesday, excuse me, Wednesday morning at around 9 a.m. that there were 19 active cases on campus. That's student cases, not athletes, but student cases. Again, that's 19 active COVID-19 cases across the entire Ole Miss student body. There were four new cases uh, reported on Monday and then two on Tuesday, and I don't have Wednesday's report here, obviously, or Thursday's, so who knows where that's at. Um, this is uh, this is going to be a challenge for both teams. Again, you're still you're still without some guys that with with the Razorbacks were again. Traylon Burks has has participated. You don't know if he's a hundred percent. You're still without Dorian Gerald. You're missing some pieces here and there. There were some rumors about Bumper Pool. I don't know. I I have no idea. Maybe. If, if I, I don't know if he's good to go or not. It sounded like he was out. I talked to someone yesterday. I'm not going to say their name, but I talked to another media member who said, yeah, Bumper was out, but thought that that might possibly could change by Saturday morning. They could make a change there, but I, I don't know. Doesn't sound very good that Bumper Pool is going to get to play. Levi Draper, who's a guy that has struggled making the two deep, both at Oklahoma before he transferred here and then at, at Arkansas, is having shoulder surgery. It sounds like he could miss the entire year. Morgan was a little beat up a couple of weeks ago. He played last week. I guess he was a little banged up last week as well. But when are you not banged up, especially in this league? So you're not super healthy. But it sounds like the offense is coming together. If if both Traylon Burks 
and Rakeem Boyd are good to go, and you're getting Hudson Henry back. Now, I hope, you know, again, who knows if he's 100%. Who knows if any of these guys are 100%. I think Traylon Burks is close, but I think Rakeem Boyd is probably the healthiest among that group that I just mentioned. Here's the other question. A guy that's been healthy but hasn't contributed a darn thing has been Trey Knox. I don't know what's going on with Trey Knox. He's got the case of can't catch the ball anitis. He's dropping balls. So, I'm not going to give you guys a prediction. I know that's something we, we've been doing here on the Friday show. Uh, but because I'm recording this Thursday before I have my – I have an idea of – I mean, I have who I think will win. I don't have a score. And I'm not going to give that out until uh, until the Friday night show on the uh, Pig Trail Network. So if you want to if you want to go be a part of that and find out who I pick, that will be Friday night between and because of my schedule here at the house, it's going to be between 5 p.m. and maybe 7 p.m., but more than likely around between 5 and 6 p.m. Friday night. If you if you haven't already, go subscribe, click the notification bell, and you'll be alerted. You're supposed to be alerted as soon as I go live. Make sure you're – it has been unsubscribing people. I've had a couple people reach out and tell me they've had to resubscribe to the channel. So, again, that's the Pig Trail Network over on YouTube. Go check that out, and again Friday night, I'll give you my prediction. Right now, I'm not. I'm. I'm just gonna. T- I'm gonna. I'm gonna stay tight-lipped about it right now. All that being said, I think Arkansas in this game. It, it's not. I'm not saying anything that's that's groundbreaking or shocking, but the Razorbacks cannot afford another typical slow start on offense against this high octane football team that is the Ole Miss Rebels. Now, defensively, they're terrible. Ole Miss is not good. You know, these guys, even though they put up 41 points through three games, they've given up nearly 52 points per game. Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. Arkansas's at 27, and in this day and age, if you're under 31, 32 points a game on defense, if that's what you're giving up, that's not bad if you're under that. Arkansas's under that by a few points. Ole Miss is way above it. Yeah, they they've got some real issues on defense on the on the defensive side of the ball. They uh, they've got a couple of guys that that have have performed pretty well. Uh, Sam Williams, linebacker, has uh, twelve tackles. He's got a couple sacks on the year. Nine pass breakups. I think the Razorbacks have like what 15, 14, So they're they're attacking the ball through the air a little bit better. They, uh, there's just a lot of room for improvement. They have one, by the way, they have one pick on the year too, which belongs to AJ Finley, defensive back. There's just, there's just a lot wrong with their defense, and I'm sure injuries have have definitely been a part of that. But the bright spot for Ole Miss is on offense, and it's Matt Corral. It's, it's this, it's this entire offense. Corral, 1,080 yards. He's completed 67 out of 88 pass attempts, 76% passing on the year. Nine touchdowns, only one pick. He has been sacked eight times for a total loss of 52 yards. Jerrion Ely, 45 carries, 243 yards. He's rushing almost five and a half yards per carry, four touchdowns. Snoop Connor also has four touchdowns. He's averaging just south of five yards a carry. Matt Corral is is he's mobile. He can get out of the he can get out of the pocket and do some damage. They're I'm telling you, man, this is <laughs> I don't know what they have left. And again, some of these names I mentioned, they may not even play. Some of these guys, I don't know. Their third down efficiency is also not terrible. 50, almost 56%. 
They're four out of six on fourth down. That's a sixty, almost sixty-seven percent ratio on on fourth down so far this year. You know they're averaging what three eighty through the air on offense. Again, it's just their their biggest issue, without a doubt, is defense. They've been penalized through three games, only fifteen times for one hundred and forty-five yards. Look, I say only. I mean, you know, it's definitely still not great, but. That's better than that's better than most. Again, you can't get off to a slow start. You got to bring your A game on offense. Defensively, you got to bring your A plus plus game. You cannot get off to a slow start, you know. And and what we said last week, and I said this on the post game show, on or no, sorry, Monday show. You see what can happen when the Arkansas run game becomes established. Like when they when they are set in, and you've got somebody anybody back there running the football, and you're setting the outside edge, you're getting the north south run game going. It opens this offense to new levels. Takes the pressure off Felipe Franks, right? Takes the pressure off. And I, by the way, I said the, the offensive line would be better this year. I didn't know it'd be this much better. I, I think Franks, as far as pass blocking has, in some cases, has had quite a bit of time. In a lot of cases, he's had quite a bit of time. So, and give him a clean pocket. Get the run game going. Felipe Franks, by the way, throwing 65%. Seven touchdowns, two picks. Sacked only seven times this year. And and I think two or three of those are on him. It'd be nice if Burks isn't 100% that Traylon Smith get, gets it going again on the year. He's 41 carries, 167 yards, 4 yards a carry. Still no rushing touchdowns uh, for anybody. <laughs> Who would have thought we'd be saying that? Zero rushing touchdowns. None. Zip. Nada. Not a single rushing touchdown. You're averaging 2.4 yards a carry. Now keep in mind some of that's, you know, you got to keep into account the KJ Jefferson, the the you know letting him inside the five and and trying to get something going there. And of course he fumbled the football, but you know short yardage runs. Amante Spivey, who's carried the ball a grand total of four times for eleven yards. Something else. Rakeem Boyd has ran the ball nineteen times this year. His longest run from the line of scrimmage is five yards. He's averaging two point six yards per carry. And also, you know, obviously Felipe Frank. So when he runs, when he gets out of the pocket and he gets tackled for a loss, uh, if the play doesn't result in a sack, that's part of the reason why those numbers are so low. But between your two backs, Traylon and Rakeem, you're averaging right under, uh, right at around three yards a carry. And that's just not very good, guys. They, again, the run game has got to get established. The, blo- the run blocking up front has got to be better. And I'll say this too, the two biggest surprises on offense for me I mean, Felipe Franks has been a surprise, so maybe three. Devion Warren and Mike Woods. How about how about that? Devion Warren, 10 catches, 223 yards. That's 22 yards per reception, and he has a 52-yard touchdown under his belt. Three touchdowns. If I would have told you Devion Warren would be leading going into this to this game four in, in yardage through the air, 223 yards and three scores, you would have thought I was crazy. 
Mike Woods, 12 catches, 150 yards. Traylon Smith, 14 catches on the year, 113 yards. He's also his only touchdown on the year is a is a uh, passing touchdown. You have seven passing touchdowns again on the year. Hudson Henry has caught the ball four times, 20 yards with a touchdown. He's got to be more involved. Tight ends have got to be more involved in the passing game. If you go back and watch some of Kendall Bryles, some of his best offenses are when a tight end is able to kick loose, kind of sneak out on, on a, either a drag or an underneath route. And he's either the check down or he's the focal point of the offense. But regardless, when the tight end's involved in, in, in uh, Kendall Bryles' offenses, they're much better. And obviously, the run game matters. Special teams has got to be far, far, far better. I don't know that this is a game that comes down to special teams. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. We've got people that think this is going to be a low-scoring game, lower than people think, and that could be the case. And if that is the case, special teams are going to need to step up. If this thing gets out of hand and it's a shootout, yeah, you're still going to need to kick field goals. You're still going to need to get the extra point for crying out loud. You're going to need to, you know, cover. When, 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 you, when you punt the football, coverage downfield matters, and that's something else that's just been uh, not good. This punt coverage team is just the punt coverage has not been good this year. Yeah, some of the decisions, the penalties, the mistakes on special teams have got to come to an end. I think a lot of you agree with that. So, I think I got everything uh, for this part for this segment. Remember, next up, going to be Kyle. He's going to be interviewing Jordan Dollinger from the Believe in Everything Ole Miss pod. That's up next. A part of the Believe. Network. By the way, I know you guys know, but how cool is it that we're a part of the Morning Rush podcast lineup? Isn't that neat? That is so cool. Go check out their content as well uh, on hitthatline.com. You can follow them across social media by that by that name, Hit That Line. So go uh, go bother Ty Richardson and, and Tommy Kraft. Tell them, uh, tell them the hog talk sent you. Go bother them on social media somewhere. Okay, next up, Kyle Sutherland. Woo pig suey. We'll see you guys next week. Go Hogs. We're back on episode number 130 of the Hog Talk podcast. And joining me on the Workman's Travel Center hotline is Jordan Dollinger from the Believe in Everything Ole Miss podcast. And Jordan, first of all, uh, thank you for joining me tonight. And uh, go ahead and tell me a little bit what you do over there for your podcast. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So yeah, I do the Believe in Everything Ole Miss podcast covering all Ole Miss sports right now, heavy into football. Uh, but yeah, I cover a little bit of everything, uh, informational, kind of fun. I uh, just like to kind of chat and, and talk about Ole Miss. Uh, I went there back in uh, 13 to 17, so I was there during the very best and the very worst. So I have a very unique perspective, um, and I love it, and I just uh, cover all of that. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I'm not trying to add salt to the wound, but I can imagine <laughs> you were probably not a big fan of Arkansas at that time, considering 2015, I know 2014, but I, I was actually really scared of the one in two, uh, 2016. I was shocked uh, that we were actually able to get that stop on Chad Kelly. Santos Ramirez mm-hmm. really wasn't as consistent of a safety for us as we would have liked him to be, but uh, but you guys have gotten us back. I mean, 17, I guess, was the last win that we had had in the SEC before Mississippi State a couple weeks ago, but you guys have certainly got the better hand in the last two years. Yeah, I would say that Arkansas was never really like a rivalry that was of the most pressing. And then it very quickly became became one because of all the really tight, close games. We were like, what 
where, what is happening? Like, what is Arkansas doing? Like why we have so many other things to worry about. And then Arkansas is like adding another to the plate. So yes, it became a, a very quick, uh, it, very impactful rivalry. I remember that my, um, dad, when I graduated, he was, I was like, you know, what gave you the most stress? And you would think he would be like, you know, it was Alabama, it was XYZ, but no, he was like, Arkansas really took some years off my life. Yeah, so it was, there, yeah, there's been, and of course the, the two, I don't know if you remember in 2001, I know we were both pretty young, but the seven mm-hmm. overtime game, that was, that was one yeah. of the first big ones mm-hmm. that I ever saw. Uh, I think that actually still before the LSU Texas A&M game in 2018, I guess it was, that was the the longest game. And I think it actually mm-hmm. still is, but, but uh, yeah, probably, I hope probably going to be a really uh, good one this weekend. We expect it to be at least um, every, a lot of people are thinking that it's going to be, a shootout. Both offenses should have a really good game, but we'll start off by saying, you know, Florida and LSU, they canceled their matchup this weekend. It was supposed to be in Gainesville due to COVID protocol. Mm -hmm. And there has been a little bit of rumblings here and there with Nick Saban, as the news broke on Wednesday, that he had some, that he has come down with COVID. And of course, Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss played them last week. Lane has mentioned in a couple of conferences in the last few days that there are some concerns in Oxford. So what are you, what are you thinking of that heading into the game? Yeah, that's definitely a little discouraging. Uh, the thing, you know, what you mentioned about Nick Saban, it primarily seems to be that maybe it's, it's him and it's like on the staff side. Um, and we haven't really heard anything about Alabama players, uh, which is encouraging at first glance, but then now on the Ole Miss side, uh, Lane has kind of made it seem like it's, it's the players more so than the coaching staff. So that is uh, a little worrisome, especially because he hasn't divulged uh, to who those players are and how many there are. Um, He's just said kind of vaguely that there's a lot, there's a few different positions that are a little up in the air at the moment, like not a lot of like depth in those positions. And those are the positions that are uh, a little kind of up in the air so it's it's discouraging because you would I would wish that he would just come out and say yep it's it's three people and it's the third string and it's you know or it's whatever but that's not the case and because he's not like readily available with that information I'm a little bit worried um so it's really tough to kind of uh, anticipate what you know is going to happen what the score is going to look like because I mean are we talking are we talking Matt Corral are we talking you know people that get one or two touches on the ball are we talking I mean it could be really any of the defensive line because they're not going to do a whole lot anyway but uh like what side of the ball are we talking uh, he's not really bringing that information to light which is understandable of course you know he's not going to come out you know right off the bat and be like oh this is it this is who everyone is and but to have that all that uncertainty and not know is it two people is it 20 people what's kind of going on um is is a little worrisome. So I'm not exactly sure I'm as of right now, you know, it's, it's still a go and we're playing, but I'm just a little, uh, until we, I get that information of who it's going to be. Uh, I'm a little, I'm a little stressed. And that's kind of how we've been on the Arkansas side with the injury front. It doesn't seem like yeah. at least, at least after the Georgia game now, of course, because of HIPAA regulations and stuff, uh, we, we don't know of any of the players that, that have had it, but it seems like Arkansas as of right now, has moved past that, and just the injury bug is killing them. Mm-hmm. Guys like Rakeem Boyd, Traylon Burks, uh, Monteric Brown on the defensive side of the ball, those are three key players that we are expecting to have all three back this week. I know you sort of touched on possible positions that could be missing, but in terms of actual injuries that we know, like maybe it's like an arm injury, knee injury, whatever, are there any of, of note for Ole Miss going in that we need to look out for? 
as of right now, everybody that is starting last week, I believe is starting this week as well. Um, I don't know of any like really notable injuries. I know that I'm sure everyone's a little banged up, but as of right now, I think that everybody that was uh, playing last week is going into this week, other than whoever is sitting out because of COVID related things. Um, but we won't really know that until, yeah, I guess tomorrow, maybe, I don't know, like game time when everyone suits up, like I have no idea what Lane Kiffin is going to do, but um, as of right now, we're not so much, I know that Arkansas is like heavy on the, on the injury. I know that you guys are just like, <laughs> that's tough. I can imagine, but so far, that's not uh, what Ole Miss is dealing with, but I just hope that we're not dealing with like a huge COVID outbreak as well, because that's not just going to affect this game. That's going to affect a lot of games moving forward. And it's already so tough as we, we both know already with this schedule. So hopefully we're not losing a lot of people. So I've heard this talked about a lot this week with you guys' offensive coordinator, Jeff Levy, being the brother-in-law of our offensive coordinator, uh, Kendall Bryles. Now, they both worked under Art at Baylor before that whole scandal went down there. Both had very successful careers on that staff. Jeff Levy, of course, had two 1,000-yard rushers. Was, uh, it was very well known, ended up getting the offensive coordinator job for I guess you could say the quote-unquote national champions at UCF in 2018, <laughs> depending on who you ask. Right. But with those two guys knowing each other so well, not just on a, on a personal level, but especially a professional level, do you see this being more of like possibly, well, it's just a chess match between them, and then it could be – and I know we talked about at the beginning that it could be a shootout, and that's what a lot of people are expecting. But do you also feel that it might be one of those deals where they know each other so well that this turns into a low-scoring game because of a defensive battle because they know what each other – their tendencies are? So I'm going to go with the, with the first. I, I love my Rebels. I, I love them so much. But, and not to throw shade too soon, but I don't think that the Ole Miss-Arkansas game is going to be like a defensive battle. I think that – I think it's going to be more so on the, the offensive side, like you said. Um, I think this is, this is interesting that you mentioned this because literally last week, everybody was on the uh, Ole Miss did so well against Alabama train because Lane Kiffin had previously coached there and they knew all the signals and they da 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 and they know how we work. And so it's kind of funny that now going into this week, it's like every, everyone's always connected, right? Yeah. Um, but I think, that, I think that it would be naive to say that there's going to, there's no overlap. Like it's not, I don't know that it's going to really be super beneficial one way or the other, but I would, I would lean more toward this being um, more an offensively dominating game. Um, I don't, it's kind of tough though, because I, I hear what you're saying about that overlap. Like how can you not expect kind of it to go one way or the other, but I would, I would assume that it would go more so on the offensive way. I don't know that the, even if the, the defense is equipped with that information, I don't know um, that that's going to be able to be like, executed if that were the case. So I'm going to go on the um, high-scoring offensive shootout side of the argument. And see, I'm wondering if that's going to happen too, that it might be a little bit more low-scoring because I, my thinking is with how well Traylon Smith played last week in a backup role since Rakeem didn't travel to Auburn, and it's looking like you're going to have – I, I feel very good about Rakeem coming back. I don't want to say that he is until – because, as you said, probably won't know until game time uh, with our injuries or Ole Miss's. But I almost feel like Sam Pittman's going to try to play keep away with how great – you know, Ole Miss having the second-best offense statistically in the nation, by far the best in the SEC. I wonder if Sam Pittman's just going to try to run the ball and milk some clock off to try to keep Matt Corral and that offense off the field. 
Yeah, I think so too. I think that something that's going to be apparent and obvious is trying to keep the ball out of Matt Corral's hands. I think that that's going to be uh, a big thing that they're going to try to do. Um, I think that I think that it's it's tough because I can understand why it maybe would be a, a more low scoring game. But at this point, Ole Miss is putting up averaging like 41 and a half points a game. So I don't know that this is necessarily going to be the game where that drops off. I know Arkansas is uh, averaging just a, a maybe a little under 20 points. Um, so I, I do think that that's going to be higher this game because I, I think that every opportunity that Arkansas has the ball, I think it's going to be uh, really difficult for Ole Miss to, to stop the, that. So I, I think that it's going to be, do I think it's going to be a 48-63? Do I think it's going to be in the 50s? Probably not. I think that it's going to be my prediction. Um, I was thinking maybe like Ole Miss 41, Arkansas 35. That's kind of what I was thinking. Um, but again, that could all change depending on who is playing. But I think it's going to be uh, in that range. I don't think that it's going to really get any higher than that. But I don't think it's going to be, I, I don't think it's going to be a low scoring game. Like I don't think we're talking 13, you know, yeah. to 17, that sort of thing. I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be, it's going to be really just whose defense can kind of stop it at that. Like, I think it's going to go back and forth. I do um, just from what I've seen from Arkansas so far and, and especially their game last week, which was, I mean, incredible. Like I watched the highlights from the game and it was, it was fantastic. And um, you know, the comeback and everything. And I just think that, that getting on a roll that way, that offensive kind of role and that momentum, I think is going to carry. I don't think it's going to be the highest scoring game for either team thus far this season, but I do think it's going to be like kind of in that range. I think one of the things, or actually the main thing that Arkansas fans are looking for is not worrying too much about what happened at Auburn. With the way that the Auburn game shook out, obviously we're all pretty a little upset about that. The players, you know, especially were afterwards. But I feel Sam Pittman's done a pretty good job of keeping them focused on the task at hand. I would imagine for Ole Miss fans, the, the concern is, wow, you just put up 50 points on Bama. I don't really remember. Maybe Oklahoma was the closest team in 2014, just off, or I guess Clemson, in the 2019 National Championship. But basically two, two teams in about six, seven years have had that kind of offensive, offensive production against them. Is it your concern mainly that are they going to come out maybe a little flat just because they're so tired from that? Or do you feel that Lane Kiffin and his staff can do a, a really good job of keeping them at, at the pace that they're at, that they've been at? I don't think they're going to come out flat. I think that they are – I think that they're definitely a little banged up. I'm sure – I mean, it was not the easiest game by far, but I don't think they're going to come out banged up. I think that they are really encouraged from that game, even though it was – a loss. I mean, there was a, a post-game interview where Kiffin was saying when he was leaving, you know, the, the players were encouraged and mo mostly all of them were encouraged. And when he was leaving um, the stadium, I mean, the fans, it was like a standing ovation. And he was like, I'm so confused. Why is everyone, what, it, why am I, why are we getting a standing ovation? Like we lost, but I think that everyone was so encouraged to see them play the way that they did. And even though it was a loss, I think that it was, um, I think that it was, it was a really great showing. And I think that it, it kind of lights a fire under them to know that, you know, it, I mean, no matter what anyone says, it's, it's discouraging the past couple of years when it's been, you know, a 63 to three blowout, like that's not encouraging for anyone. So I think it was super encouraging. I don't think they're going to come out um, flat by any means. I think that they're going to come out and do what they've been doing. I think that they're going to continue to do uh, everything that has been proven successful thus far. I know at the beginning of the season, 
Um, it was very up in the air. Everybody wasn't sure if it was going to be Matt Corral or John Rice Palmy that was going to start, um, kind of saying that Corral was you know, going to be heavy on the passing game and Plumlee was the runner of the two. But so far, Corral's taken over that starting job um, and he's been able to definitely get the ball through the air well, but he's also been able to pick up um, you know, some rushing yards as well. I think, I think the Alabama game, he was like the number two rusher like of, of anyone. So I think that they're going to continue to do what they've been doing. I think we're going to see um, – I think we're going to see some, maybe some fun trick plays and um, some things like that. I don't think we're going to see Plumlee in the game. I think that that, I think he kind of sealed his fate last week with not, yeah, I mean, he had one touch all game, which was our, which was not a fumble, but arguably, arguably could have been um, depending on who you ask. <laughs> so I don't think that we're going to see him. I think that we're going to stick with Matt Corral. I think that they're going to come out of the gate hot. I think that they want to prove that, you know, both teams at this point are one and two. So I think that going I think that they really want that two and two of of course everyone does but yeah I think that they're going to continue to do what is proven successful for them um and historically I you know Arkansas has really struggled with that kind of mobile quarterback and I think last season it was a 31-17 loss um and Corral last season I think let's last time they met it was let's see 246 yards and two touchdowns um and then he picked up 60 yards on the ground so that was the last time that they met last season um and Arkansas has definitely made some big strides like you had mentioned um defensively but I just think that super I think that there's a mobile quarterback and then you have quarterbacks like Matt Corral and so I think uh I think it's still going to be heavy on the pass game but I think that he's proven that he's able to also run if he needs to and I think that that is where it's probably going to be most difficult for Arkansas in that specifically. But I think they're going to come out and do what they've been doing. And I think that they're going to be successful in what they've been doing so far. And talking about Matt Corral, you look at him, Jerry and Ely, Elijah Moore, Kenny Yaboa. Is it Kenny Yaboa, how you pronounce his Yeboa. name? Yaboa. Mm -hmm. yeah. So those are some guys that jump out to you offensively. There's a couple more names you could mention. But is there anybody else that has contributed that I might have missed or that you expect to? We're almost halfway to the season that you expect to continue to make strides and, and help this offense even more. Yeah, so I think that um, Jonathan Mingo and Dontario Drummond are another two names that are uh, important to note. I think that they are going to get more touches on the ball as the season continues. I think that it's kind of one of those things right now where you have your standouts, but it is obviously so early on in the season. So I think that those are, I mean, those are definitely two important names that like are going to be playmakers. I just think that if something's not broken, then you shouldn't fix it. Like if if Matt Corral is clicking, you know, with Elijah Moore, which he is, with Kenny Abo, which he is, if he, if, you know, Ely and, and Snoop are, are doing what they need to do, I just don't think, I think that until something uh, proves that it's a little bit off, then you stick with what works. And I think that those two, I think that Mingo and Drummond are definitely going to uh, be important. I think it's so early on that what is working right now is what is working, but I definitely think that those are going to be two names to look out for because I know that they're extremely talented and, and they're going to do really well. All right, Jordan, last thing. I got to put you on the spot here as we close out. So uh, right. if, you, if you feel comfortable with it, I want you to give your prediction of what you think it's going to – how you think this game will be at the end. Yeah, I think – so I think if this I, – and I hate to put it all on Matt Corral because I know that it – I know there's a lot more to the team than just him. But assuming that Matt Corral plays, I think we're looking at like a 41 to 35 Ole Miss taking the win. Uh, if, if not – if for some reason he ends up being one of the people that's on that COVID list, which we really hope not, but let's say that he is, um, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a little bit different. I think that we might be looking at um, maybe uh, 
like a 35 to 28 maybe Ole Miss. I'm still going to go with Ole Miss for the win, but uh, I think that we're going to produce a lot more points with Corral. So hopefully he's not one of the people that won't be playing, but I think it's somewhere in that range. Um, I think uh, the over under I've been seeing is kind of like a 75, 77 deal. I'm going to go with under on the game uh, in general. So kind of right about in that range. Yeah, I think it actually I don't have my prediction right in front of me, but I want to say mine was forty-one thirty-eight old. I I yeah. just can't I can't pick Arkansas yet, and and fans give me give me grief all the time because they're just like mm-hmm. you never pick. Look, man, I as much I'm not saying that because I do research that I'm going to be right, but you mm-hmm. look at our special teams. That's what I keep falling back on. Last week against Auburn, if you would have had your three points that you missed out on on the two, well, you missed out on two two point conversions, but it all started because you didn't hit the extra point because of mishaps and on not just on extra point, but on the punt team, punt coverage. It's just – it's all the way around. And so, yeah, I just can't pick Arkansas until they prove to me that I can. They did against Mississippi State, but I do think Ole Miss is going to be a little bit more of an animal than that. So, majority was going to be – yeah, I think it's going to be a good game regardless. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I think that, like you said, I think that both teams have – things to work on but I do think it's going to be a really fun game because it's a fun it's a fun little matchup a little rivalry for sure so I think that it's going to be one that everyone wants to tune into well I certainly wish you guys luck the rest of the year except for this week as we always tell when we do a (laughs) cross pod with somebody it's but uh it's all all in fun but but Jordan it was great talking with you I really appreciate you hopping on and uh, again after, after this week best of luck to you guys thank you so much I appreciate you having me And that will do it for this segment. Stay tuned for the last segment. Porter will be doing his weekly Arkansas women's sports report right after this message. We will see you later. Take care. Located in Fayetteville, Rapology is your top spot for banners, signs, and wraps. From commercial fleet wraps, color changes, vinyl decals, and much more, they take care of you in a timely and professional manner. Call Rapology today at 479-368-6490. Again, that's 479-368-6490. Welcome back to the Hog Talk Podcast, where it is our time for the weekly women's sports report. We've moved to the Monday show, and man, we have a lot of great new topics to cover. Before we begin, we are presented by 1010 Sports Performance Training in Harrison, Arkansas. We're going to start you with the women's basketball team where a pair of former ladybacks signed to play professional ball overseas. Raven Northcross Baker signed a deal with KBF Velazinami in Kosovo and Alexis Tolfrey also signed with KBF Pristina on the 4th. The Razorbacks cross-country team led by Lauren Gregory picked up a team title at the Gans Creek Classic in Columbia, Missouri. Gregory placed second overall with a time of 20 minutes and 6 seconds. The Razorbacks ran away from the field picking up the 2-9 through nine spots. Coach Lance Harder praised the team for calling and calling it a total team effort and having everyone on the line for the first time this season. Up next, they head to College Station, Texas for the Arturo Barrios Classic before the SEC Championships in Baton Rouge. The Arkansas women's golf team had an exceptional weekend where they swept all the awards for the first time ever. It was the first Blessings Collegiate Invitational. They won the team, the team combined, alongside the men's golf team. Also, Brooke Matthews won the individual medley and the combined individual courtesy of Matthews and Julian Perico. The win gave Coach Shauna Taylor her first regular season win since the spring of 2018. 
And up next, the golf team travels to Old Waverly Golf Club in Starkville for the Alley at Old Waverly on October 19th through the 21st. The women's soccer team had a huge matchup last week against fifth-ranked Texas A&M, and they came away with a 2-1 victory. The Razorbacks now have won three straight over Texas A&M, with two of those victories being when A&M was nationally ranked. Arkansas is 21-2 at home since 2018 and have taken down two top five clubs in that time frame. Parker Goins got on the ball when she put a ball past the defender after a cross from Anna Potagil. And in the 53rd minute, Kayla McKeon tapped one home for her first goal of the season. The Ladybacks are playing today in Tuscaloosa as we are recording against the 15th-ranked Crimson Tide. Stay tuned as we'll have full details of the game on next week's edition. And Friday the 16th, they host South Carolina with first kick at 7 p.m. The volleyball team will finally return to action as they travel to Starkville to take on the Lady Bulldogs. They will play two games in the weekend, one on Saturday and one on Sunday. And that will do it for another weekly women's sports report presented to you by 1010 Sports Performance Training. Be sure to tune in every Monday now as we give you all the details and everything going on in women's sports up on the hill. Woo pig. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.